Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. We have Ottawa and Buffalo tied 1-1 late in the second period. Chicago has gone up 1-0 on the Blues early in the second. And after two, Columbus leads the Ducks 2-1. Hey, just cheer against those Pacific Division teams, right? Anaheim five behind the Oilers. And Chicago in action tonight, obviously in the other division in the Western Conference. Same number of points as the Oilers. They're making up their game in hand tonight. Chicago with 19 points in 13 games. The Oilers have 19 in 14. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's 7.06 Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, a little more Eskimos talk later on in the show, and we'll uh, catch up with former Eskimo and a really good defensive back in the CFL for several years, Davis Sanchez. We'll check in a little bit later on. On the open line, 780-496-0063, we have Joe standing by. Hi, Joe. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Good, good, good. Yeah, you know what? I was just, I've listened to you guys for a long time. I've been an Oilers fan for as long as I could remember since I was a little kid. I've watched them when they were good, when they were bad, when they were mediocre. Uh, I, the thing for me, and I've been saying this to all my friends, I'm a huge hockey fan. With the Oilers, the way they're playing right now, I've seen them lose a lot of games. And the difference now, I don't care if I see them lose right now because the way I'm watching them play, the effort is there. They're putting it in every night. You can see the difference and now how they're playing as opposed to how they were playing before. Well, I'll I'll tell you... Sorry, Joel, I'll just tell you something here. They won nine of their first 14 games back in 11-12 when Nugent Hopkins was a rookie. They started 9-3-2, which is actually a point better than they have now, but they also have won nine out of 14. Back in 11-12, they then proceeded to win only nine of their next 35 games. I can't imagine this team only winning a quarter of their games over the next 35 games. I mean, they're just a better team. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, and then if you compare it to when they were playing before, if you look at the if you look at the makeup of the team they were then and the makeup of the team they are now, I'm not going to say that they got lucky for those first few games that you're describing, but the makeup of the team now, they have four lines rolling. You can confidently put any line on the ice right now and ensure that they're going to they're going to compete. They're going to be able to score a goal. I mean, for God's sakes, if you look at Latester the way he's playing, I mean, he is, he's playing as good as he's ever played, in my opinion. And, and just with the small things that he's doing, winning face-offs, even Lander, who his offensive output isn't exactly what you would want, but at the end of the day, his, his face-off ability is incredible in comparison. And you're not just relying on McDavid, which, don't get me wrong, you were talking about arguably one of the best players in the world, but McDavid doesn't have to do it all. And that's a big difference, especially with having Talbot back there. And he's about as good a goalie as we've had in the last 10 years. Well, guys.
guys are slotted into better positions, and when they had that heart hot start five years ago, they were winning almost exclusively because of goaltending, as opposed to around now. Certainly, they're having good goaltending that helps, but it's not like Talbot's stolen every single win. He's maybe you know stolen one and really helped in a couple others, and then just been solid in the other ones. He's making the saves that he needs to save to win the game, but at the same time, you've got a defensive core right now where I think more impressive than anything else, more impressive than Connor McDavid, which you know what he's as he's as advertised. Everybody expected him to play the way he's playing. Adam Larson is about as smart a defender as you're ever going to find. The guy doesn't play anything fancy. He's not crazy with the puck, but he's really smart the way he plays, and he plays the body hard. He checks well. He's just a good defender as a whole. Joe, thanks for calling, man. It's good to hear from you, okay? No problem. Thank you. That is Joe at 780-496-0063, Inside Sports on 630 Chat. I'm pleased to welcome back to the studio Kevin Carriers from Global Television. Hello, Kevin. Direct from FLA. So when did you get back? Got back Sunday. Boy, did you see how much I just spit when I said oh, back? Oh, when Didn't you get land so on excited. You. That's why you sit off to yeah, the side. You were so excited. I mean, <laughs> When did you get home? Uh, Sunday, early morning Sunday. You were in Florida almost two weeks? Two, almost two weeks, yeah. Did so what did you uh, do? Am I allowed oh, to ask? for sure. Went on every ride possible at uh, Disney World at all the four Here, parts. move this because it's not quite picking up very well. Oh, there we go. Okay, Got to move your mic over. Oh. Yeah. Well, first day in the business after. <laughs> he's, he's just remembering how to talk again. Uh, yeah, when, uh, we also played uh, 13 rounds of golf. Oh, So six days out of the trip, we played 36 a day. And also went to a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. All right. Against Oakland. So well, now, now I have lots of questions out of that. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do a little bit on Kevin's oh, holiday before right. we get into the sports talk. Is there some music for that? Or? Well, you know, we got to get some more music from your segment. And I do have a quiz for you today. It's it's a hard one. You're okay. going to hate me if all you right. don't already. So you went, sorry, where did you go to? The, what amusement park did you go to? Well, all four of the uh, Disney World parks. So uh, oh, there's Epcot, four down there. I think there's four down there. Epcot, Animal Kingdom. Okay, I'm ready. Magic down. Kingdom. And Universal Studios, I believe. All right, and what was your favorite ride? The Yeti. Well, it's the uh, I just called it the Yeti because it's a Everest expedition. But also the safari tour in uh, Animal Kingdom is top notch too. Okay, now do you go on the rides where you might vomit as a result? Yeah. Or? Oh yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? That's what you're there for. <laughs> so describe describe like a harrowing uh, near. I, I, I well, hate to do this. That. It's not like you're on the mind bender in wherever in Minnesota. Where well, the mind bender's in Edmonton. Well, there's a. Is no, that what we, we call don't. the roller coaster? No. So, did you were you ever uh, close to vomiting on any no, of these rides? No, not at all. Okay. But I was hanging on for on a couple of them, only because I hadn't been a big ride guy, and I've never been to Disney World my, uh, before in my life. So you decided now, at the age of 25, all of a sudden you're <laughs> going to start two. experimenting yeah, with rides. Absolutely. And I went on all the other, like the, I didn't go in the teacups or anything like that, but I was, you know. But I think you're too tall for the teacups. Ah, they'll let anyone ride. You know, they have that that measuring stick for some of the smaller kids. Mr. O'Neill, you're yeah. too big. Ah, just go. Doesn't matter. You know. Okay, so what now, uh, at the at the theme parks, uh, like all all rides, souvenir shopping? Eating? No shopping, just straight rides. Is There's so many people there. Uh, you just try to get in line. You got to wait in line at a number of places, but you you get these things called the fast passes, and then you can go uh, on certain times on certain rides where you yeah. don't have to wait in line as long. 
but uh, no, we had it coordinated pretty well, and uh, we're four full days at all the parks. So well, good for you. You know, and then uh, six full days on the golf courses. Okay, so where'd you golf? A place called World Woods. It's a top hundred ranked. Uh, uh, it's a 36-hole complex. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere, to be honest with you. But it was built uh, by a, geez, I think uh, Tom Fazio. It's kind of he was kind of he's a pretty big uh, course designer. Uh, he says it's some of his best work. And there's two really there are two really good courses. So played one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then that was it for the day. All right. So you're uh, like me, and I'm not saying this to be mean. You're a challenged golfer. Yeah. As we both are, we've played together. Uh, so I think, <laughs> was, was was the I, course well, tailored for everybody? Yeah, you would. Yeah, because they had uh, a lot of tee, tee right. boxes, so uh, all the way up to seventy four hundred yards and things like that. But you know, you, we we played around just about six thousand yards, a little bit better. Yeah, that's fair for yeah. our, for I, if it's around six. Uh-huh. Like I have to say, the times that I played with you, Reed, were the worst rounds of my life, though. i just <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There there was one there was one round particular I'm just going to be honest here there was one round particularly I thought you were really bad struggling you were getting mad that one round too Oh I don't get mad on the golf course No you were getting mad let's you know it's okay I I open up about my anger issues with golf I was almost in tears one night in the summer talking about my golf Ryan Jesperson had to phone in to counsel me <laughs> There were a few times in Florida where I was out of control but uh <laughs> That's all right. Uh, all right, so you golfed. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Which game? game? Which Oakland game? in overtime. David Carr throws for over 500 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Oakland, I believe, also took over 200 yards in penalties. Whoa. Uh, well, that was that game. That was that yeah. game. And there was about 62,000 people there. Smoking hot day. Uh, good sight lines in uh, Raymond James Stadium. Uh, beers were cold. Game went in overtime. What more do you want? Do they still have that big pirate ship there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We were very close to it. Uh, but the fans were a little upset with their their buckos that day for sure. Well, the NFL's the show in most cities where it's in. There, yeah. aren't, there aren't a lot of cities that have multiple teams where the NFL isn't the I was very, very impressed with how everything was handled, all the game day events uh, in Tampa Bay. From even just getting into the park, uh, with parking, uh, they'll take you up to wherever you're going. They have tons of things going on outside. Obviously, the tailgating is a huge thing, but they also have many, many other things that you know that the Eskimos can probably and the CFL could probably have a look at and say, "Hey, let's try this." You know, like what? Oh, they would have been like twenty or thirty booths where people could just line up, spin a wheel, and you'd get uh, like an Eskimo Nerf football. Oh, if it land, whatever, okay. anything, yeah. you'd win a prize. It'd be a, something like you'd be like worth very little or anything, but for kids or anything like that, you'd have contests to throw a football in. And if you got it in, you'd get a little Tampa Bay figurine, probably worth about ten cents or something. But it gave the fans something to do. But got them to the ballpark earlier, and it just created a much, uh, just a friendly family atmosphere that that you wanted to be a part of. All right, so uh, you were in the United States. Did you get a sense, and, and you know, some people have been texting me jokes about the election, and I appreciate that because I'm, most other talk shows today have probably gotten far angrier texts about the election. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read them all, but did you, what what sense of anticipation and political engagement did you get while you were down there? Well, being in Florida, basically, in my mind, watching last night, that's the biggest swing state of the mall sure. uh, because of the 29 electoral votes. 
Yeah, there were some other states that came along later in the night, like Pennsylvania and whatever else that Trump ended up winning. But once Trump won Florida last night, that set everything in motion. If he doesn't win Florida, then then he probably, I don't even know if he goes on to win the election. Anyway, being in Florida, you saw how close the, the election was last night there, but being there for the 12 days, you saw exactly how close it was and how the people reacted to pretty well everything. If, if you were in the grocery store or wherever you were at the golf course. I shouldn't. I wouldn't say it was on their minds like they weren't talking about it all the time, as compared to probably what they're doing today because of the reaction. Um, I don't. I got the feeling though that they didn't really care who would be the leader. Like they, I think they truly believe that no one can really run the country any poorer than what it's been run the way it's been running since for twenty years. Really, that's that's the feeling that I got. A lot of cynicism then. Yeah, it just people. Have, they've had it, and I think that's why you saw a lot of the vote go to Trump. But they've had it in the sense where they're like, the apathy was there. A lot of apathy. Interesting. Kevin Carrius from Global Television in studio. Uh, I promised I was going to do this regularly. Now I'm committing to it. We will have a quiz from Carrius oh. after the break. <laughs> if you want to talk to Kevin, it's 780-496-0063. If you would like to call or text in with your favorite amusement park ride, give me a uh, where it is and uh, a brief description of why you like it, and if there was vomit involved, we'll, we'll do that as we move along tonight. And we will talk about the Oilers and Eskimos. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Frustrated fan texting in. He says, your guest is what keeps your show alive, Reed. <laughs> Well, first of all, my guest has a name. It's Kevin Carius. And thanks, like, you know. Must be a... I don't a, think I, it's a zombie show when Kevin's uh, not on, as uh, good as no. Kevin is. Probably a Disney World fan. <laughs> Could be a Space Mountain or a Splash Mountain fan. I went on Space Mountain. Did you? And I, I went with my buddy Jay. When and I you didn't like him. it? Well, it's just like, where are you? It's, you're just flying around on a roller coaster in, in the, the dark. dark yeah. And then you well. get out, it's like, what just happened? Well... <laughs> Dave says the best roller coaster is Universal, the Rocket. You can pick your own tunes before the big steep drop. Uh, the Hulk is another choice. Sit in the back car and feel the G-force. Does that mean anything to you? No, I don't. He might be talking about a different park too, though. Um, well, there's more than one Universal, isn't there? Or is there? Is well, there he, maybe he's too? talking about Disney Disneyland. I don't know. But Disney World, I don't think that uh, there's rides like that th that he's talking about. All right. We're, we have more stories from you being in the States. But okay. We'll get to those. You're here till 8 o'clock again, right? Yeah, you betcha. I may just keep you until 9. Well, that's... We may, it's just in the works. we may just hijack the 9 to 11 spot. It's in the works. Uh, all right. Here we go. So I mentioned earlier, the Oilers were 9-3-2 in 11-12. Okay. Their ninth game, the ninth win that year, was a game they were outshot 29-14 in Montreal and won. Name the uh, 19 guys who played for the Oilers that night. That's it? That's, that's, your, the that's question? your list. And what was it? Give me the... 2011, November 2011. Okay, so you got Hall. Yeah. Nuge. Yeah. Um, Rennie was the coach, if that helps ring a bell. Do I have... I can have the goalie, too? Is that what you want? Yeah, you don't have the goalie. So... You don't have to have the backup goalie. It's 19 guys. Okay, Happy Bulin. Yep. Uh, Ryan Whitney? Uh, nope. No. Um, 
Tom Gilbert would have been there. Yep. Right? Petrie. Yep. Okay. Well, oh, wait, where is he? Oh yeah, yeah he's, he was number. He was number fifty-eight still. He wasn't number two. Oh yet. really? Yeah. So he was just kind of starting out. Yeah. Uh, I think someone just phoned me to give me a couple of yeah, tips. They're, they're texting you with hints. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's some tough ones. The captain uh, okay, was. Okay, you know, uh, I think uh, back in the day, still Theo Peckham was playing. Yep, Peckham was okay. there. Yeah. Uh, Liam Reddix was he in? Nope. No. Hmm. Oh, he. I think he was already gone by then. The captain was who? Oh, jeez. It's tough, man, when you're just throwing these at me blind. Yeah, I know. It's great. Uh, yeah, it makes me look really smart. <laughs> no, this that? is fun. I wouldn't have when you get... I was cover. I was, well, sort of covering. Yeah, well, I'd left doing the Oilers games by then, too. So. Okay, so you got Hall, you got Nuge. Who's the other guy from that era? Same age. Well, okay, Ebbs. Everly yeah, was there. Yeah, that's easy, yeah. Uh, give me some numbers. Captain's recently retired, number 10. Okay, Horkoff. Yeah. Hamsky. And there's another... Uh, Hammer wasn't there. Hemsky was there. Okay. Yeah. There's another recently retired player who was super popular Ryan with fans. Smith. Ryan Smith. Okay. Throw a few other. Another numbers. younger guy. Throw me some numbers. And I'll... Well, this number gives it away. 89. Okay. Mike Comrie. No. Gagne. Oh. Uh, there was a defenseman who played in the WHL who had been signed that summer by the Oilers. He was a third overall draft, third or fourth overall draft pick. Never really panned out anywhere he went. Chicago drafted him. Also played for Minnesota. He was on this team. Bell. Nope. Barker. Oh. War number 13. Jeez. Uh, you got... And you're, yeah. you're exactly right, because everything did go downhill from there. There was another signing, uh, a rugged forward who had won a couple cups with Chicago, or one cup with Chicago. <laughs> ben Eager. I'll just read it's off. Not that long. Was, it's not Lad- that long ago, is Ladislav it? Ladislav really? Schmid. Okay. Eric Belanger, Brian Jones, oh Leonard Patrell, Corey Potter, Anton Lander played in that game. So who's still on the team? We got Everly. And Nuge. And Nuge and Lander, oddly enough. That's it. Are the three guys still on the roster? Who's the backup goalie? Dubnik was the backup. Oh, man. There's the quiz for Karius, and I'm spelling quiz K-W-I-Z. K-W. So okay. there's another K there. I'm going to have to have a little bit of a tip. No, it's, I can't and, give you a hint. It's not fun. Well, I'm, not, I'm not Stoffer. Well, I can't remember. Thank God. No kidding, yeah. Everyone's going in the same thing right now. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, we got to do a timeout. Well, Kevin has a story. You got a story about seeing the Cubs win while you're in the States? Sort of, yeah. Sort of. And we'll <laughs> talk some Oilers and Eskimos. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Coming up to the 730 News Break. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 7.33. So it was Hollywood Studios? Hollywood, yes. Sorry, Hollywood Studios. That was the, instead of Universal. Sorry, I think. Hollywood Studios. Fair enough. Yeah, same kind of idea. Kevin back from Florida. Uh, Rob from the Grove says, uh, Kevin, you should have gone on the... Maiko at SeaWorld, fast ride. Did I say that right? The Maiko? I don't know where that one is. It's SeaWorld, he said. And he says the new Aerosmith ride is pretty dope as well. Hmm. Well, we went on the Aerosmith ride. It was being shut down a day later, and that was at uh, at uh, Universal or Hollywood Studios, sorry. Okay. Uh, but it was being shut down the next day for maintenance, so 
went on that back-to-back twice, so oh, it's nice. kind of cool. You walk into the recording studio, and there's Steven Tyler and all the band saying, all right, let's go, guys. Come on, let's go for a ride. And then Oh, nice. Then, yeah. All right, so is that one of those you're in, like, a little That's a roller coaster, too, yeah. That's car. a roller coaster, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, so you were there in the U.S. We talked about there for some of the election hype. Did you get to watch uh, Game 7 of the Cubs in Cleveland? We got uh, every night. The games were on. It was funny. So when we ended up at the Worldwoods Golf Course, we ended up uh, watching the games at night. Now, after being in the West for all these years, the games start at 6.15, here. So after 36 holes of golf and, you know, a longer day, the game first pitch is 8.20 p.m. Yeah, it's late. So you... There is no possible way a guy made it to probably the third inning. Guy was passed out on the couch by ten o'clock or nine o'clock, and I never saw the Cubs win the World Series. I I heard about it the next day. Well, that's that that's two points. First of all, the the time difference. I, I think we live in a great time zone mm-hmm. for live sports. It's not too late for the games in the East, and then our local games in the West Coast games are still six or seven. Perfect. In two thousand six, my dad and I went to Ontario to visit his parents, my grandparents. Uh, who were both in their 80s at the time. They both since passed away, unfortunately, but they were in their 80s. And the Oilers were finishing the series against San Jose that they won, and then the series against Anaheim started. Right. And the games, the game, I think game five in San Jose started at 10.30 Eastern. <laughs> and my grandparents went to bed at like 9.15. Yeah. So then Dad and I would just, like, hang out for an hour, and then we'd stay up to, like, one watching the Oilers game, and my grandpa would get up the next morning and be like, how could you guys stay up? It's like, well, we want to watch the game. They start at 10.30. It's just crazy, though, yeah. But, does I mean, we've been talking about this pretty much our whole lives, Kevin, that baseball has a problem with the length of the games and everything they do about it or try to do about it doesn't work or to me they don't like uh, there is no way a baseball a nine inning baseball game in the postseason ever takes three hours anymore well i think it was one o'clock in the morning when it was over so i think at that point i had just kind of awoken from a slumber and saw a little bit at that time but i mean at one in the morning i mean how many kids are watching no one i mean and that's that's the big problem i think they just got to start the games a touch earlier and find a way just to speed them up a little bit I, mean, I don't know what they do. I mean, I think, that, I mean, but everybody says this, but they never do it. Don't let the batter step out of the batter's box. Yeah. Don't let the pitcher wander around off the mound. Get the ball back, throw it. I mean, even even when TV started showing games, they would still take less than three hours a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I think, I think if you bring a pitcher in, he should have to face two batters. And I know that's hard to enforce maybe because you could fake an injury or, or, yeah. or whatever, yeah. but... I mean, sometimes late in the innings, you have three pitching changes because they'll bring in a specialized guy for each batter. That's what kills the game. No momentum anymore. Yeah. Now, game seven, obviously, you're watching it, and there was a rain delay, and it did go extra innings. So it's gonna it's gonna yeah. take it's gonna take a little bit longer. So you you sort of in a haze, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you probably had to get up for a tea time. Well, or something. again, right up at six in the morning, so you know, five hours later. That's how early your golf was? No, by the time we got up at 6 and then we were on the road at 7, tea time at about Oh, we had a bit of a drive to the yeah. course, I guess. Yeah, okay, yeah. That, was it hot? Smoking hot every day. Yeah. Perfect weather. Like, just... Humid? I couldn't take the humidity humid. when I was in Florida. And the ball didn't travel very well, too. I found myself clubbing up at least two clubs sometimes. Really? Yeah. 
Well, we are we are at a bit of altitude here in Alberta relative to oh, yeah, a lot yes, of the... but yeah, no, I just the ball wouldn't carry at all. Well. Uh all right. Kevin Carey is in studio from Global Television, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text six thirty six thirty. Uh Mike says don't forget Magnus PRV. Did not play in that game. Didn't play in that game? Did not play in that game. We did the whole roster. <sighs> uh somebody said Mark Fraser did not play in that game. <laughs> Uh, the Hulk ride is at Universal Florida. Okay. Jim says best ride is the X2 at Six Flags Magic Mountain, California. All right, we'll have to look that up. A lot of times now with the old Matthew. Matthew, you've been on that one? Oh, my goodness. That is the craziest roller coaster you can possibly go on. Hmm. Not only do you go on and just go down the track, but it spins you 360 at some points oh, on the is, ride. Is this one of those oh. where you're hanging below the, the rails, or are you still on top of No, the you're actually on top, right? But you go down, and then you go up, and then it spins you. I sh- I'll show you a video of it later. Hmm. It's, quite, it's quite the ride, Reed. Frustrated fan says, Kevin, you should pick a topic for Reed as well with no notice. <laughs> I would guess he wouldn't get any... Uh, this is a I good buddy guess, of yours, isn't he? I would guess I would, frustrated oh, fan, unless have it was to maybe, something really obscure. Oh, I can't wait to make up my list. Yeah, make up a list. I yeah. don't care. Make it in any, you know, any, any topic. Like, I don't care. Recipes, whatever. Get back to the rides. I just want the recipes. <laughs> I could do that. Getting back to the rides and stuff for me. You know, I, like, I went skydiving, too. And oh, while you were in Florida? No. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like, man, this holiday just keeps getting yeah. more wild. No, oh, yeah. We, I've, I... We went skydiving, came right into Raymond James Stadium right on the field and landed right at the 50-yard line. <laughs> Gave the ball for kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, that's a long story. skydiving wow. story? Oh, we'll, tell, we'll finish that for another one. we got <laughs> other stuff. Well, but it's just way you different compared to the... You can up the skydiving story and not tell Well, me. I mean, that's terrifying. This right. guy's talking about terrifying rides and Matt's talking about the ride wherever and stuff like that. Skydiving is terrifying. Like this other stuff. When did you do this? Uh, I did it 18, uh, I did it almost 20 years ago. I was working at Calgary, in CTV Calgary. Just one time? Just one time. You I did was it first, for a story? For a story, yeah. And, uh, well, I'd never do it again. I, I have no interest in doing no. it. So what was it like looking down? It's just frightening. Like I was hanging on to the door trying to stay in. Because uh, it was a tandem. You don't get to go right away by yourself. You have a bunch of training. So it was a tandem. So I'm hanging onto the door, and that the, the the guy that's attached to me is pulling my hands off and then pushing me out the door because he wants to go. <laughs> Did you have your eyes open when you were falling? Oh, yeah. It's just terrifying. I mean, you, it was a 45-second free fall from 13,000 feet. You free fall for that long? For, yeah, from 13,000 feet, you free fall about... 8,000 feet to around 5,000, and that's when you pull the chute. I, I, I have no interest in doing it. I'm just one of those people where it's like I, I understand it, it, it's thrilling, I suppose. Oh. I just have no interest. Though. Yeah. I liken it, too. Like, you know, you've taken millions of steps in your life, and you know every time you feel the, your foot hit the ground or down a step or up a step, and you can feel that. Mm-hmm. Just try to picture that when you take that step out the plane door and you don't feel anything. You're not going to feel anything for... What was it, a couple minutes? You yeah, said you probably it's 45 seconds for the free fall. Then it was probably a good minute or so, minute and a half of um, once the chute opens. Did you feel better once the chute opened, or were you still like, I just want this to end? No, I think once the chute opens, and you look and make sure it opens, and you look up and you go, okay, it looks like it's good. You kind of <laughs> go, all right, I, you know, we only have a little less fraction of, you know, turning into a human pancake. 
Kevin Carius from Global Television is in studio. We'll talk a little bit about the Oilers and the Eskimos as we move along. It's Inside Sports on 630 Jet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, still 1-1 Ottawa and Buffalo. They're nine minutes into the third period. Ducks and Blue Jackets are now in overtime tied 2-2, and Chicago is up 1-0 on St. Louis. That one is after two periods. The Toronto Raptors are up 78-65 in Oklahoma City. Four minutes left in the uh, third quarter. The Raptors scoring 42 points in the second quarter to take control of the game. Along with Kevin Carius, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Kevin, uh, telling a lot of stories about his uh, recent Florida holiday, <laughs> but you've been back in time to catch, uh, catch a couple of Oilers games, yes. including the uh, at the third period, they played in Detroit. They haven't been capable of doing that for a while. What I've seen in the last couple of games, and I know they lost last night, but even before I left when I got a chance to see the games, um, they're winning games differently. And not at the start of the year, they won by scoring four, five, six goals. And then now the Detroit game, like you mentioned, they are able to lock one down. Unable to do it last night, but you're talking about a different uh, basket of apples with Pittsburgh with all that firepower. I kind of, when I first got in here, Reed, uh, I think it was Joe that was the yep. caller at the start. I kind of disagree with him a little bit. Uh, the games that I've seen, though, when he's saying all four lines are rolling and, and things like that, I don't know if I would agree with that remark because I, what I've seen is that one game you'll see a, a centerman carry a line like McDavid did last night. On Sunday, you probably see a guy like Dreisaitl carry a line and carry a team. We've seen Ryan Nugent Hopkins do that at times this year. But I don't think in one particular game, we've seen all three of those centermen play a total complete game. That's fair. That's fair. And I think if that ever happens, then now you're really creating a stir and you're creating a lot of problems for, for the opposition. All four lines are are contributing, not all in the same game usually. That's kinda... and now that's that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think this team in the past has been built around four guys. And if they had an off night or got shut down, you you lose four one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I, I that's probably a clarification of Joe's point yeah. more than anything. Uh, you know, and he even mentioned Latestu and Lander. They got a job to do, and they're now more able to do that job as opposed to being maybe miscast. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, Latestu himself has said several times, I played too much. I'm not going to tell the coach not, not to put me out there, but I but I played too much last year. That's another interesting thing about the Oilers this year. 9-4-1, uh, and one, great start, a lot more excitement about the possibility of a playoff spot. But you look at them, and you also look at them and say, "Have they played their best game yet?" I don't like. I don't. I don't, I don't think they had. I mean, Washington was was pretty good. Mm-hmm. St. Louis was pretty good. Win the Winnipeg win was pretty good. But even in those games, you say, "Like, man, what if? Yeah, what if they? What if each guy gives? Still, a, there's always room. There's, there's room. room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. There's room for sure. I, I think they're at a point right now with the roster and injuries that they they have had. Finally, they finally have some depth. Yeah. But they're at the end of their depth right now. 
in almost all areas on the back end and at forward. So they need to get some guys back right now. Well, even ideally, Benning isn't playing, and I like the kid a lot, and he's, 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 he's got ready. some potential. Yeah, exactly. But it, ideally, he's one of the top three defensemen for the Bakersfield Condors, and then Davidson is, mm-hmm. is playing in that spot when he gets healthy. And same up front, too. I mean, you know, you look at you haven't had Hendricks all year, um, but that's created an opportunity for Pitlick. You know, if Hendricks is here the whole time, Pitlick's probably the odd man out at the start of the year when you look at the big picture. Yep. Um, but now he's taken advantage of his opportunity. Like, you could go as far as saying, if Hendricks isn't hurt at the start of the year, Pitlick's days in, as a member of the Oilers might have been numbered. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Or, yeah, or he's looking at career minor leaguer status. Whatever it right? is, yeah. you know, your, your 2010 draft pick. You know, guys are moving ahead of you on the chart, wherever you look at, you know. So I liken his situation as to Fernando Pisani. When Fernando Pisani was in Hamilton, I think, at the time, the Oilers were banged up bunch, calling up guys left and right. Fernando Pisani was an injury not happening away from never getting a call and never even being an NHL player in my mind because he was right on that cusp. He got up here then, and he did exactly what Craig McTavish was asked of him. Um, he was the best board player inside the blue line, one rink board advertisement in on both sides of the rink, yeah. and he ended up to make a pretty good yeah. career. He, he never got the puck, he never, no one got the puck past him going in, and he never made a mistake getting it out. He always got it in deep, never made a mistake on the other way. So that resulted in him having a great NHL career, but it's just, like you say, the luck of the draw with one injury or something like that, and he made full advantage, and that's what Pitlick is doing right now. I almost uh, think you can put Lander in that category too, because the fourth line was supposed to be Latestu, Hendricks, and Cassian. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cassian, I mean, Kajula got hurt. There's Maybe he would have yeah. been center, and Leon would have been on the wing. Uh, Pakarinen got hurt. I yeah. mean, he played, I think, 62 games last year, so he was pretty much a regular in a depth role. But, I mean, Landers sees the day for face-offs and penalty killing after McClellan blasted the penalty killing in the preseason. And I yeah. think a lot of that was directed at Lander and Pakarinen. And and then, obviously, Pitlick uh, grabbed it as well. But I think you make a great point about winning in different ways. I didn't have a problem with them outscoring their mistakes against Calgary once they started to win other ways. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, last year, okay, you might win if you caught a team on an off night or you had a good night on special teams or Talbot lit it up. That was, those were pretty much the only formulas for the Oilers this year. I mean, now they've, they've had some good special teams nights. They've had some outscore their mistakes night. They've had some lock it down nights. They've had a couple wins that were, that were mostly Talbot. Uh, You know, they had some wins with goals from unlikely sources. So, yeah, now you and I think now that's why fans are going in saying, and you know, a lot of the texts we get, they're saying, I feel like there's a chance every night. I feel like, okay, I mean, Lucic is getting blasted for last night's game. Fair enough, but that's yeah, one guy in a game the, they barely the lost. Up on the first goal, whatever. But you know, and then you look at how this team will respond on Friday because this is if any game is a I, I don't think the Oilers are in any position to be saying that they are looking out for a trap game because they're not um, but in the same sense I truly believe that a Dallas beat up team comes in here on Friday well they've got just as many injuries if not more than the Oilers do right now so how do the Oilers respond after being a minute and 44 seconds away from getting a point 
in a tough, tough building against a tough team. So how do they respond? They have to they have to come back and win on Friday, and, and it's almost an extension of the road trip to have that six-game road trip. Well, that you know, I was sitting before you. You I used to would have been on TV at Global, and I, but I I think they're going to be a little angry for Friday. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I don't think. I don't think I, I hope that now they're moving out of that phase where oh well we got back from a road trip and oh so we you know we, we couldn't focus like I, I think they're a little irritated I think they were probably thinking like okay great five points we could have got seven or eight like I you know I I think that they have a little more like I I think they're going to be raring to go against Dallas I I really do I think the locker rooms I don't think it's they're satisfied I don't think they think five hundred on the road trip was good enough I think there has been a you can't say a full attitude shift 14 games into the no. season, but I think it's starting to gather. And it's still a little, like, I remember two weeks ago, Reed, when I came in before I uh, had that trip, I said this was their stint right here, this 10-game stretch. Well, you know what, Dallas is, they played Dallas twice, and Dallas is having a tougher goal with injuries right now too, but all the teams that they're playing are coming on right now. Like, Anaheim's playing a little bit yep. better. I think they got... Uh, well, they got, got the Rangers again, who I think might be the best team in the league. Right. And then the Kings are coming on really hard right now. They're playing very well. Uh, just pounded last night. So this is the meat of their schedule. If they can kind of just, you know, if they can finish, like, playing, getting six to seven points out of ten every opportunity, that's pretty Well, here's the thing. Their first ten games of the season, they only played two teams that made the playoffs last right year. On. They won both those games yep. and went 7-2-1 and one overall. Now they're into a stretch where they play 10 teams who were all in the playoffs last year. They started 2-2. Two and two. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. That's a big stretch right now. All right, we should touch on the Eskimos going, oh, yeah. to, going to Hamilton here. For Speaking of beat-up teams, I mean, Hamilton, no Tasker, no, no Owens, receivers. no Fantus, <laughs> and, a, and a defense that hasn't been very good all year. This, this, is, a, this is a great opportunity for the Eskimos. If, if their secondary holds up, I think this is a game they should win. I can't see them not winning this game. I mean, yeah, you got to take the snaps and, and do everything that you've been doing, but it, it would just blow my mind if the Eskimos didn't win handily in Hamilton. I know they had a big, you know, what they have, a 25, 26-point The one in the summer here? was a 25-point 31-6. And then they had a 17 or 18 point lead a couple of weeks ago and won by three. Right, but that with was, the onside kick. Yeah, yeah. and that, the Hamilton one was 25 nothing or 25 point lead. 31 right? six. Yeah. I mean, even that everyone thought that one was just far from over, or like over done. Yeah. So th- I think I'd be shocked if they didn't win this game quite handily. Anybody beating Calgary along the way? No, 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 not at all. Even if it's Calgary Edmonton Great Cup, and we're still a long way from that. Yeah, still a long way. Like, if you're the Eskimos, you could technically pack for three weeks, couldn't you? I think if they win the East, if if they were to win the East final, I think they'd stay out there. Do you think so? Yeah. Hmm, that's a good point too. But you could technically. I, I wonder if they even stay out right now. Uh, I don't think they would. No. No. All right, uh, we got to go back and be on TV. eh? I got to go back. What do do you have on? Well, rodeo. I was gonna. If you ask me all these questions, okay, who won bareback tonight in rodeo? Uh, Rod, uh, hey, oh, he does saddle. I think bronze. he's uh, retired now. Yeah, that's the only one I know still. <laughs> There's some good uh, things at the Canadian Finals rodeo though this year. There's some great athletes. Some good, like uh, Dakota Butter could win three in a row. 
In uh, bold writing? Yeah. That hasn't they been done. They have great names in rodeo, oh, eh? They do. <laughs> there was one guy, what was this, something vest today? I, think, I can't remember. One of my favorites, uh, I don't know if he's still going, was Trig V. Pugh. His first name was T-R-Y-G-V-E. Yeah. And I thought it must be Trav, like a weird pronoun. No, it's Trig V. That's Kevin Carrius from Global TV. Thanks for coming in. You betcha, bud. All right, we got to take a quick timeout. We're coming up to the 8 o'clock news. A little more on the Oilers and Eskimos as we roll along. Former CFL defensive back, now a podcaster, Davis Sanchez, will join us. And Lori Eisler, Pandas volleyball coach, ready to make some history. Win number 700 right around. She's won more games than Claire Drake. Bet you didn't know that. Coming up on Inside Sports. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.